Give me the binoculars. The Israel Defense Forces, IDF, Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Benny Gantz, said to the officer next to him. He lifted the lenses to his eyes. Images from miles away came into sharp focus as he squinted under the winter sun. Gantz was standing high atop Mount Kabir, doing something he loved. Assessing his domain and exploring every inch of the country, he was tasked with protecting. He turned north and captured a clear view of the snow-capped peak of Mount Hermon along Israel's border with Syria. A quarter pivot around the east and he could scope out Jordan. Just below, a mere nod down with his binoculars. He was able to peer into the city of Nablus, home to about 130,000 Palestinians. Those views provided a quick reminder of how small Israel really is. There is no such thing as strategic depth, Gantz stood there thinking. The enemy simply sits right up alongside us. What's that over there? Gantz asked Colonel Nimrod Aloni, the regional brigade commander who, like the chief of staff, had begun his military career with the paratroopers. That, Gantz said, pointing, the big white building with all the windows. Pushing aside his firearm, Aloni adjusted his own pair of binoculars. Oh, he said, that's the shopping mall. Nablus is not just any Palestinian city. During the Palestinian unrest of 2000, known as the Second Intifada, Nablus had become the home for Israel's most wanted. At the time, Gantz had been the commander of the IDF division responsible for the West Bank. Terrorists from Islamic Jihad and Hamas set up bomb labs and headquarters throughout the twisty zone maze of Nablus's Kasbah, or Old City. Founded by the Romans, and then built up by the Mamluks and the Turks, the Kasbah was infamous for its network of tunnels and hiding places, convenient for a terrorist on the run. IDF troops were frequently sent to raid the city and hunt down the terrorists, but in recent years, Nablus had been thriving. Terrorism was at an all-time low, and the IDF had significantly scaled back its incursions into the city. Following the end of the Intifada, subsequent Israeli governments had tried to negotiate a peace deal with the Palestinians. Ehud Olmert had made a historic offer to Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas in 2008, only to have it rejected. In 2009, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had agreed to freeze settlement construction in an effort to restart peace talks. That was an unprecedented move. But while talks ultimately restarted, they had once again failed to produce a deal. At the time of Gantz's visit in 2012, the Palestinian stock exchange, based in Nablus, was hitting record highs as markets across the Arab world were stuck in the red. A new round of peace talks was expected soon, and hope was in the air. But Gantz's West Bank tour had another purpose. A couple of years earlier, what had begun as street protests in Tunisia had spread like wildfire and given birth to what became known as the Arab Spring. Muammar Gaddafi was captured and executed in Libya. Hosni Mubarak was dramatically overthrown in Egypt, 
and Bashar al-Assad was continuing to fight rebels in Syria in a deadly, bloody, and controversial war that would see the rise of ISIS and global jihad. In Lebanon, Hezbollah was continuing to amass sophisticated and advanced weapons, threatening Israel no longer as a guerrilla organization, but as a full-fledged military. In Israeli defense circles, fears were mounting that the instability would spread, and Gantz wanted to make sure quiet would prevail in the West Bank, and that, if it didn't, the IDF would be prepared. Gantz had not originally been chosen to become the chief of staff, but had attained the post quite arbitrarily after the first candidate was deemed ineligible. So Gantz, summoned back to duty from retirement, had donned his uniform and assumed the lofty position. What I love most, he would tell people, is being...